So, an Australian lady who just so happens to be an OnlyFans creator has quite possibly got to be the one person in this planet that I think has the best work-life balance. Because, and I kid you the hell not, she has two vaginas. Yeah, some people feel like one pussy is already too much. She has two vaginas. And she says she uses one for work and the other one for personal use. Now, I don't know if it's just me that feels this way, but honestly, this babe really, really knows how to cut between the professional and the personal boundaries. Don't you think? Get ready for the battle with the sexes. So, as per the story given by Hollywood Unlocked, an Australian woman who was born with two vaginas says she uses one for work and the other one for personal use. Now, during a doctor's visit, she learned at the age of 20 that she had a D-Delphic or I think it's a didelphic uterus. Now, the lady's name is Evelyn Miller or Evelyn Miller, who is 32 years old. Now, she started working as an escort about seven years ago in Queensland after a failed relationship and started traveling around the world. She said due to her condition, sex work was easier for her emotionally and physically. Additionally, she started working as an OnlyFans creator after quitting the escort industry. Now she claims, and I quote, that I was able to use one vagina for work and one vagina for my personal life, which made the work a lot easier emotionally and physically for me. After I quit this, I started OnlyFans filming adult content with both vaginas, and it's been very, very successful. End quote. Now, I don't know if it's just me, but the entire thing, once you read it down to the bottom and then you read her bit where she says things in the quotes, I don't know, it seems a bit contradictory to a certain degree. But that aside, first of all, like I have questions because, you know, I have stuff to wonder. Like, first of all, how exactly did she know which one would be better for work use and which one would be better for personal use? Because like the vaginas you wouldn't exactly think that one would be labeled for work and for personal use. Like there's some people that are okay doing, you know, the work of fucking multiple people because the emotional side is pulled out of it. And then there's the other ones that are more into the intimate side of things and they prefer to have like one partner at a time. So how exactly did she know? And how exactly does your body decipher the difference? You get? Like it seems a bit weird to me. Although I think the weirder question is, like, if you're one of the people that's fucking her, and she says wrong hole when you put it in, like, how will you know which one is the wrong hole? Like, maybe you're for work, and maybe you put it in the personal vagina, or maybe you put it in the asshole. Or maybe you all just hooked up, and you don't know if she's, if she's using you for work, and, you know, maybe there's a hidden camera somewhere, or, you know, it's a personal thing, or she really likes you, so you don't know if... If your dick is in the work vagina, in the personal vagina, or in the butthole, like, you wouldn't know which one is at the wrong hole, because there's three holes there. Normally, it's two, so it's just 50-50. If it's three of them, then the odds of you getting into the wrong hole is is almost like a given, because you don't know which hole is the right one and which one's the wrong one, not unless if she tells you. Like, this is very, very confusing to a certain degree when you kind of think about it. But I think what is more confusing is the fact that she can actually separate on an emotional level, which hole should be used professionally and which one should be used personally. Like, I'd imagine if someone got good dick on the professional end, then they'd move it to the personal end for good reasons. Plus also, maybe if it's like just a random hookup, would you put them in the professional or on the personal level? As opposed to, say, someone that you really liked. Like, which side will probably take it raw and which one will take the condom? Like, 
a lot of those questions would probably plague someone like me but unfortunately she's not here for me to ask those questions so that she can answer them but what is here is the podcast and i should have started it a couple of minutes ago so i should probably do it in my very typical non double vagina fashion when i start by saying Welcome to Breaktime on West Side, your number one Breaktime podcast, coming to you from Nairobi, Kenya. The man on the mic is a man who would never want to have two dicks. Not for the sake of, you know, not having a threesome and, you know, satisfying two women at the same time. Just, you know, I'd be jerking off with both hands and that's tiring. He is a man who sees the ass in astrology. It is none other than your tall, dark and mildly handsome man, Sir Denver B. The show is Battle of the Sexes, our weekly love, sex and relationships show, where I get to talk about people, relationships, love and sex. Some people might disagree with a couple of my views. At times we can agree collectively as a people, but most times I usually try to provide a conclusion at the end. And if you do not agree with that conclusion, then at least let me tell it to you beforehand. The place to hit me up on is at Breakdown on Westside on IG, you can slide into the DMs there. The DMs are always open. On Facebook, if you happen to be using Facebook, then you can slide into at Breakdown on Westside on Facebook as well. And on Twitter, you can slide into my personal DMs, which is at Bagaka the D. And we can discuss the rights, wrongs, the sides to everything, the angles that I might not have considered. And maybe I might even bring the discussion to the podcast for us to discuss. You know, almost kind of like it going full circle and shit. But that said, we do need to move on to the main topic real quick because time has been moving. But before we get to that, I have a bit of a problem with relationship dilemmas. And yes, I know, I sort of started with that on Tweet Street last week, but I have a bit of a problem with one particular one. Not all of them, just this one particular one that's been bugging me for a while. Now, there's this thing with people trying to make it look like it's either babes are gold diggers or they're not which I think is absolute garbage. Because there's usually this question that they usually like asking why it's like, oh, you know, would you rather be the broke man or the rich man and the rich man will not love you as much as the broke man will love you too much? Like, that shit is usually annoying to me. Because when you actually look at it, it's very theoretical, it's too simplified, actually it's oversimplified, and it doesn't take a lot of real-world dynamics into account. And it always makes the rich man look like the bad guy. You know, so like take, for example, this one that I had read a couple of weeks ago where it said, ladies, would you rather a broke man who can give you all the love that you want, but not money or a rich man who can give you all the money, but not love. And if you actually think about it, this question, this particular kind of dilemma, because it's a style that's used time and time again, it's always made to look the rich guy, not look like the good guy. But more so than that, it's always a question of of is the babe a gold digger or not because that's essentially what it looks like because if you go for the rich man then as a babe it's like you look like the gold digger but if you go for the poor man when you look at it in reality it's actually not the best option and i'll even explain this in a second because when you plug in a lot of real world dynamics you realize that nine times out of ten the rich guy will always seem like the better option because take for example i was actually having sort of a discussion of this sort when i was at work and i'll quote something that my supervisor said because i found it to be particularly interesting now she said that she would much rather be crying in the range rover than laughing on the bicycle because at the end of the day both men will still cheat now of course that's something that's very debatable or you know it's like assuming all men will cheat blah 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 but that's a real world dynamic that you threw in there because people usually assume that the broke guy won't cheat people always assume that the rich guy will cheat 
Like those two assumptions fuck up the entire thing and make it seem like the broke guy would be the better option. But the truth of the matter is both sides can cheat, both sides can mistreat her, both sides can fall out of love with her and both sides can be in love with her so deeply that they would never want to let her go or even look at any other woman in a different way or at least you know hypothetically speaking. But the thought that oh you know the rich man won't treat her well or the rich man won't love her or the rich man will make her cry like what if they're tears of joy what if they're tears of laughter like sometimes people need to start considering some of these things because like a very simple example is a couple of years ago i don't know if most of my kenyan fans will actually remember this but there was this story of this indian lady who was the daughter of some rich indian guy i think he was uh he was like a manufacturer or he owned a factory or some shit and she had started having a thing with like one of the laborers and like they had a thing and it was almost like kenya's fairy tale story it was like the best fairy tale story we've produced as a country now these guys were pretty much fighting through quite a bit because the the father wanted the daughter to get married to some indian guy she refused she ended up being locked in the house after being kidnapped or some shit but she ended up running away from the house with i think help from the guy and she went and she stayed with the guy up until the father was like i fine she can go and she can live with him all right and to quote a certain saying that a lot of lgbt people use nowadays that was being used at the time love wins so people were thinking you know what these guys are gonna be together enjoy the happily ever after you know even though this guy is like a poor man but this woman loves him blah 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 you know it seemed good then all of a sudden a couple of months later all of a sudden there's a story of how she apparently went back to the father's place and she was received and now the question is why how did that happen but apparently at some point the man started mistreating her the man was sort of a bit abusive to her and she was like you know what in as much as i might have loved this man no more because clearly you know by the looks of it or at least by my hypothesis she received quite a bit of dictation and she ended up living with a man and realized that he was a dictator so she ended up realizing that she was not for that life and love clearly was not the only thing that was supposed to be used in the determining of that marriage so bottom line ladies do not feel bad if you say that you want the rich man because at the end of the day if you actually weigh your options pretty well in the real world with real world dynamics you might actually find that the rich guy might actually be more beneficial but at the end of it when you actually pay attention to relationships you actually realize it just comes down to the individual the rich man can be great the poor man can be shit the rich man can be shit the poor man can be great so it still does come down to you so choose wisely but don't let such dilemma questions make you feel like you're a gold digger simply because the rich guy seemed like a much better option all right anyways that said we should move it on to our main topic of today now a couple of days before i did this recording i had a bit of a meet up with a friend of mine and I ended up linking up with a couple of other people that i met on that particular day now one of them was talking about how she was never looking at marriage as something that she would go for anymore because she thinks that it was shit because apparently her husband had cheated on her with a best friend and even went ahead and married the best friend and like had a kid with them and shit and her best friend at the time i think was also talking about how guys today are a scam and she wouldn't want to be committed and i was like okay sounds pretty standard i can understand from the trauma that you probably received 
the you know it's it's an understandable thing to not want to get into such a commitment again up until i stumbled onto a bit of a snippet that i saw online that someone had posted up which was from the mics open podcast which is normally hosted by g money andy young calvin as well as neville sometimes and they had their friend ashley on it and they were actually talking about commitments and cheating and ashley had a pretty interesting set of things that she said which i did want to discuss up until i listened to more of the podcast on its own and i figured you know what let me even include the question that g money brought in here so i'm gonna play it for you guys and i'm gonna break down what it is that ashley said and what i feel about it and then i'll look into g money's question so here it is let me ask you what is this generation mm. uno which means you lot in jamaican uno <laughs> right like what is the issue that you guys have with commitment? Oh, wow. I, I don't feel like it's an issue Damn. per se. I just feel like nobody's ready to settle down. And oh, is that the right terminology to use? No, nobody's ready to settle down. And this is my, this is where I come from. Yeah. Uh, no offense, but I think marriage is a scam. I feel like relationships are scams too. Because... At the end of the day, we're humans. Someone is gonna cheat. Something is gonna push one person. Stop! 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 stop. High five! Yay! Right? Someone is gonna cheat. The woman or the man? I'm not gonna say the man because even women are cheats and better at it, if I may say so. She's pretty. So someone is gonna cheat. So why put yourself in a situation where you're gonna get? hurt or you have to end a whole relationship or Pause. fuck up a whole lifetime of work what, what episode number is this i don't know um, <laughs> 79, 79, right? 79 yeah fam is there anything different from what i've always said to what ashley just said nope cheating is part and parcel of life it is it's bound to happen it's bound it's inevitable. to fucking happen it's really inevitable yes and no i'll still stand on that Yes and no. I'll stand that's, on that. That's your friend. I'll, no, I'll stand on that. Like we have, we have to give room for exceptions. Like the selected few that are successful, like hundred percent. Oh, Fam. maybe ninety percent success rate. Fam, excluding let me, cheating. Let me Other tell you. Other factors considered. Let me here. tell you. And this is the thing: cheating doesn't only happen physically. It happens emotionally, mentally. Physically is the easy part. Physically is the easiest part. Mm. Honestly, if you fuck someone and you're with me. And you come back and be like, by the way, I fucked someone. I'm sorry. I, I will take you back. But emotionally and in, like intellectually, I can't. All right. Now, like I said, I'll start with Ashley's part because I feel like considering that that was what I had originally wanted to talk about on this episode, I can handle it first before I go and tackle G Money's original question. Now, hmm, hmm. Marriage is a scam. Relationships are a scam because at some point someone will cheat is that true well that depends if you're using her point of view in terms of cheating is more than physical does the emotional and quote-unquote mental intellectual side of it then yeah to that extent everyone cheats like even me who says that i don't cheat on my girlfriends when i start dating them if if you throw in that as well i've cheated on people multiple times so considering that this explanation that kind of breakdown of cheating makes it seem as though you know everyone's a culprit i am going to center it on the physical cheating because at least that one 
can be admitted as infidelity in a court of law when you are going to argue a divorce. I don't think you can go and say that he's been thinking about another woman or he said another babe's name while we're fucking and, and, and that should be grounds for me to leave him. Like I don't think that would technically be admissible. So I am going to concentrate on physical cheating. Plus also, I'm a guy. That's what I focus on more. Babes might focus a lot more on emotional as opposed to physical. So I'll kind of leave it at that and I'll focus on the physical one. Now, if you say that everyone in the relationship or at least someone in that relationship is going to cheat, is that true? Possibly, possibly not. I think that mostly depends on your environment and how you guys kind of are. Because if you're talking about the babe that I was talking about earlier, the one that I met, the one whose husband uh, or should I say ex-husband cheated on her and apparently, you know, went ahead and like had a thing with like the best friend and shit for her to think that everyone in marriages cheats i'd understand because she's affected and when you listen to a lot more stories when you go and look at oloni's pages and shit you'd see very well that a lot of people cheat but does that mean that everyone will do it or does that mean that someone in the relationship has to do it not necessarily like there's people who have great relationships that don't know cheating and sometimes you might even find it's because of the kind of company that they're in. If you're in an environment where the one thing that people don't do is cheat, then there's a pretty good chance that you won't really do it. Now, if you're in an environment where people are doing it and it's normalized, kind of like the same way people do it around Nairobi from time to time, then you can expect such a thing to happen. But at the end of the day, if you're going into a commitment expecting somebody to cheat, you know, with that negativity coming in, then you're probably going to end the commitment or you probably might not even end up getting into that commitment because that belief will hold you back from actually enjoying the benefits of the commitment. Which actually brings me now to G-Money's question. Why is it that people in my generation are not for commitment, are having issues with commitment? And First of all, I feel like the first reason of which they actually mentioned it in the podcast, it's just that I didn't add the snippet there because of timing and shit, is expectations. People expect too much from relationships. And because of that, we sort of have two sets of people in, in my current generation of people that are in the dating market. And one, expect so much from relationships and they get into relationship after relationship after relationship and with their high ass expectations it's like they're not expecting any downsides or they're expecting like almost non-existent levels of downsides so it's like they expect too much and they're getting into so many relationships only to get hurt again and again and again then there's the other set of people that look at people in relationships that hear about the stories of say the infidelity of of the abuse that can happen of the issues that can take place within a relationship and they're like you know what i do not want to date or i do not want to date such and such a person or such and such a person so even when they have a good thing going the moment they spot a tiny little thing a tiny little exercise of a red flag like it's not the flag of china big it's like a dot like you can see the smallest example of a red flag from this guy from this babe you're like you know what i am not taking it far with this one and you automatically abort and leave and i feel like both sets of people actually expect a little too much from the relationship because one set expects too much happiness and they don't expect to have any pain in it 
and the other one expects too much pain that they ignore the happiness on the entire bit of it of which the truth of the matter is relationships are gonna have ups and downs you are going to have those times when you're probably going to despise your partner you are going to have those times where you're probably going to be looking at your partner and you're like i do not even want to look at you right now there's times when you're going to be looking at your partner and you will be in awe you're like my goodness my babe is smart my babe is sexy you know, I love being with my babe. There's times when you're going to be looking at your partner and you're like, shit, I actually bagged you. Like me of all people, I actually bagged you. Like you're going to have those moments. And the thing is, most people go in there trying to avoid them, hoping that they won't get to them. But the truth is, you're going to meet them one way or another. You can try and avoid them, but they'll eventually come. But the question is, is the relationship, is the bond, is the commitment that the two of you have worth staying a part of regardless of whatever issues that may come along such that you are willing to take whatever BS, whatever problems that may come in and still stick together? Or is the problem bigger than the relationship or is your inability to handle the problem bigger than the relationship such that you're like, you know what, screw it, I don't think we'll be good together, and then you leave and you move on. Because I think at the end of the day, that's how you decide whether you want to stay in that relationship or you want to bounce. But the problem is, considering that there's a lot of people that have grown up watching a lot of Hollywood rom-coms, watching a lot of Disney fairy tale stories, reading a lot of Disney fairy tale stories, listening to a fuck ton of R&B and shit, and hell, you know, for a lot of us Kenyans, you know, watching soaps, like almost every single night like there's this whole ideal of how a great relationship or a perfect relationship is supposed to look like and because people have grown up looking at that they've grown up watching that they've grown up with the thought that oh you know the love is going to be unconditional and it's always going to be there like it deludes so many people into thinking that my relationship is gonna be great because we're gonna have say like zero fights or or we're, we're not going to be having situations where my partner looks at someone else the way you know he looks at me or you know he won't look at another woman's ass or some shit but the truth of the matter is you guys will definitely fight he might just so happen to look at another person's ass if he is an ass man hell even if he isn't an ass man like i might think about tits that i saw yesterday even when i'm looking at you and i'm talking at you right now like that's like that's something that's bound to happen does it mean that i value you any less no and does it mean that when i fight with you so much that i don't care about you as much no like when you think about it a lot of our parents and maybe some of our grandparents depending on the current age of your parents or grandparents like they understood relationships a lot better because they knew about the ups and the downs they knew about the highs and the lows they didn't go in with a certain fantasy or a certain fantasy uh expectation that everything would be great and because they took the relationship for what it is and they treated it like the responsibility that it is and gave it the investment that it should receive a lot of them are doing quite well right now and maybe just maybe if you stopped expecting the other person to make shit better for you if you stopped expecting the relationship to be great just like that and you actually decided as the both of you to actually make your relationship great then maybe shit would be a hell of a lot better and you'd probably achieve that I want to grow old with you type love that you see a lot of other people doing. And to conclude, I'm just going to say this. Relationships are sort of like a baby. 
when you kind of think about it, relationships are like a baby. Everyone loves babies. Everyone likes seeing, you know, a baby smiling, bumping around, laughing, learning to walk and saying dada and shit. But when you actually sort of pay attention, in as much as you might love a baby, in as much as you love the idea of having a baby, you also have to remember that for you as a parent to have that baby, you might have sleepless nights. That baby will cry the hell out of you. A lot of times they can break shit that's very expensive. And more so than that, there's a lot of times when they will annoy you to the core. But at the end of the day, you choose to love that child. You choose to love that baby. Just the same way you can choose to make your relationship a hell of a lot better. Although, then again, maybe some relationships are doomed and maybe everyone does cheat. I don't know, you tell me, because we are at the end. Thank you so much for listening all the way till the end. If you do have any thoughts, comments, or feedback on IG, it is at Breaktime on West Side. On Facebook, it is also at Breaktime on West Side. And on Twitter, it is at Bagaka the D, which happens to be my personal Twitter handle. If you are listening through Castbox, feel free to drop your thoughts and comments below, and I will attend to them accordingly. And I will catch you guys on the next break. <laughs> <laughs>